has been everywhere early on. Oh, oh, he's got to get his form. The dancing feet of don't mind Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphie. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, with me is Scott, and joining us tonight, again, a uh, friend of the pod, and we're very pleased to say that we've got AFL.com.au's uh, Cal Toomey on the show. G'day, Cal. Hello, Grant. Hello, Scott. Good to be here. Hey, Cal. Uh, look, uh, Raptor have you here. Um... Uh, I know it, it's tough pulling you away from the uh, Robbie Williams Netflix uh, show. So, um, uh, so thank you for that. Uh, first of all, um, look, I guess we want to talk Essendon Football Club. We haven't spoken to you post the the draft and the, the rookie draft and and everything that's come before it. So, I thought it would be just a good chance just to kind of do a, a wrap up of what's happened at the Essendon Football Club. Uh, pretty much a quarter of the list left. Uh, I think we've replaced it with eight or nine players uh, with and Baldwin obviously elevated. So I guess in a holistic sense, uh, give us your thoughts on the Essendon strategy, uh, including free agency and everything. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, how they've gone about it? Yeah, holistically, I mean, the strategy clearly was to bring in free agents, use cap space, that hasn't been used for a number of years and protect the first pick um, and add more quality to the the lineup that's already there. I mean, I think pretty clearly at the end of last year, and we've spoken about this, I think last time I was on the show, you know, there wasn't enough depth on the list to cover off uh, the, the good players when they go injured or are missing. And knowing Essendon's run of injuries over the last two decades, that, that's going to happen more often than not, unfortunately. So, uh, that became pretty evident, I think, in the second half of last year that when Stringer was out, when Draper was out, when Ridley was out yeah. and other players, there wasn't the coverage of those guys and the, the drop-away was pretty significant in quality. So I think what we saw through the, the free agency period to begin with, with Mackay and Gresham and, uh, you know, Goldstein's a little bit different. I'm sure we'll get to him. but And then Dersmer as well uh, was, yeah, I think they're all uh, – Bakai's a better fullback than what Essendon has had and has had for a while when he's up and playing well. And take them, put the money aside because that's just another discussion. You have to pay to get, and Essendon has money so and has had money and will have more money to come in coming seasons as well. It's not as if they've blown the bank for one player. Gresham as well, you know, he's a small forward that's kicked, you know, 30 plus goals a couple of times. None of Essendon's small forwards have done that. So yeah. in quality terms, and then you add in Dersma, who, when he's up and going, brings a running strength to the group that probably the Bombers don't have either. Um, and then Goldstein, well, if it wasn't for Goldstein, it would have been another um, Ruckman on the Ruck merry-go-round that had to be that guy who's, you, you know, he hasn't been brought to the club to be a backup, but he's essentially, you know, long-term, he's not going to be there long-term. So he, he's, he's going to be able to play straight away when you need him. Might even be from round one onwards and, and within that probably creates a level of competition alongside Brian and and Draper. So from that point of view, whilst getting all those players in and protecting your first pick, I thought that was really important. Then through the draft, I mean, strategy to, to trade up to get Caddy, I thought was really good. I mean, um, the, the level of picks 
or number of picks that are successful past 30 in drafts is pretty rare. It's 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 the number shortens to a very small amount, yeah, as as history shows. And and Essendon hasn't had a whole lot of luck in that part of the draft either for a number of years as well. There's obviously there's outliers, I understand that, but yeah, the statistics competition wide show that, that those picks, if if you wanted to use one to get up the board, which Essendon did to make sure of it, then th- that was a good move, I reckon. So, yeah, I think Caddy was the perfect player for the Bombers right at the moment where the pick was. I think that was the perfect scenario to get him. Whether he ends up the best player for that pick, you know, only time will tell that. But you can only judge it on at the moment, and positionally it was a good pick. So, look, overall, I think the list has gotten better. I don't think anyone could look look at where the list was last year. Um, Brad Scott's had a year in charge. He's got to see, you know, what was at his disposal, what was missing, what what could be better, what areas could improve, what was already sort of taken care of and brought in, you know, a, a spread of different types. So, yeah, I think the list has gotten better. That's that's my my very basic summation of it. I'm just interested just uh, going through uh, Caddy. I, I know a lot of fans have read up on him what are you excited to see from Caddy and do you think his game could elevate quite quickly where there's actually senior time next year? Like uh, what have you seen from him that you think could really be an X factor for the Bombers? I'd be pretty flat if we didn't see him a bit next year. Yeah. I don't know. And so would he. That's these, these young kids who come in now have expectations to play straight away and, and patience of, of nothing, and that's that's a good thing as well. You know, um, Elijah, we would have seen pretty early last year, I'm sure, if not for the the knee injury in preseason. So, uh, Caddy, he's he's a fun player when he's up and going, I and mean, he's different. He's different because he does. He's different to what Essen's got, and he's different to what the draft had as well in the way he plays. He's he's combative. He's physical. He stretches high. You know, my image of him is taking marks fully stretched. Yeah, not all – some players you see on the lead. Like I remember Jamara Hugo Hagen as a kid. He just used to beat kids on the lead and just grab it in front of his eyes. And he could jump as well, do everything. But Caddy, I, I, my image of him is he's stretching back, you know, with the ball. I hate using the highest point thing, but, you know, that's that's kind of the look of him when he's got the stretch from from toe to, to top. Um, so that's a part of it. I saw him play a great midfield game. You know, later later in the year after the championships, I think it was for the Northern Knights. I don't think we'll see that for a while mm-hmm. at AFL level. And look, the the Charlie Kerno stuff is real in bits. Charlie Kerno is a freak runner, a freak athlete for a player his size. So I don't think we should have the expectation he's got that part about him. But he also does have the the could be anything's about him as well, where um, he can excite. He's at ground level. He's quite um, you know agile. For a player, his his shape and size, and yeah, he's he's physical. He, he doesn't mind getting in the way and in the road. So, yeah, he compliments. I think he talks a lot about. I think he probably sells himself a little bit short sometimes, Nate, because he talks a lot about being an undersized key forward, undersized key forward, and he says that a bit in his interviews. I don't, you you might notice it now that I've mentioned it, but he, he does say it a bit. But he's not because he's got a stretch that's higher than that, and he's yeah. he's he's the size of Michael Hurley. So we didn't really view him as that. Ultra undersized key forward or key back, did we? When when he was playing, yeah, because he certainly he's, doesn't have Hurley's. I mean, his wingspan on Caddy surely makes up for a little bit of, of yeah. even of his well, that's those stretches, of his yeah. one ninety three. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, I, I think he's he's got some unique stuff. And yeah, I, I do think we'll see him next year. 
mate, I, one one point that I'm really interested to to sort of see if there's anything behind it was when we were looking at the replays of, of Dodoro and the team sort of, I, f- I forget the select that went before them and they go, oh, we've just lost Caddy, boys, we've lost Caddy, we've lost Caddy. And then all of a sudden he just, he rings Geelong and just says, hey, whatever he did, Sim Salabim, and all of a sudden Geelong just agreed um, to give us that, um, or to basically to swap picks for the, the defender that went to Geelong versus Caddy. It seemed quite easy. Was that like, did Geelong really need that player, that kind of player, or do you reckon they would have taken um, Caddy? No, they wouldn't. I mean, I think clearly they wouldn't have taken Caddy ahead of, if uh-huh. I sell it because they would have had a fair idea that Essendon was going to take Caddy. So they, I think it's pretty obvious that they had um, both of those players, interest in both of those players, but you wouldn't have moved back um, a spot and risked it just for the sake of a pick in the 30s. Um, if if they really wanted Caddy and, and rated him ahead of him, so ahead of O'Sullivan, the the move from the Bombers was not to get ahead of Geelong, but the move was to get ahead and buy the pick so that no one else could buy the pick because other clubs were coming for it as well. So it's sort of twofold, and you just make sure of it. Clubs get antsy on draft night. It's funny mm. I laugh about it because you know during the trade period, there's so much. This is the trade period straight after the season. There's so much talk and discussion and. And standoffs around, you know, second round picks. And second round picks are hugely valued on in trade period because that becomes tied to a player. And, you know, this is worth this and this is worth this. Then on draft night, everyone just loses their marbles and just chooses and throws in a future <laughs> second round pick and a, and a second round pick to get the stuff done because the player is right in front of them. And it's fair enough because, as I said before, this, the statistics show that um, the players in that, that draft area traditionally. Uh, the success rate isn't isn't as high as clearly the, the top ten, and that that's all. This, the numbers statistically prove that. But no, Geelong. Look, Geelong. Uh, they might the Bombers and Cats might have had a discussion as well beforehand. Lots of clubs have, you know, Plan A, B, C, D, all the way through to M, N, O, P, whatever it is. Yeah. And if this scenario comes up, would you be open to this? And Geelong, throughout the lead up to the trade, sorry, the draft had been pretty clear that they could shift back a spot or two. They could trade out the pick altogether, you know, depending on what was available. But I think the fact that they would have had a fair idea that the Bombers were pretty keen on Caddy, um, I think would have meant that, yeah, that they they like Caddy too, but I, to me it, it's just, yeah, they, they were pretty keen on O'Sullivan. Okay. And look, uh, this is from afar. I think if most people thought Essendon got Caddy, uh, Lamont and who we'll talk about and and Roberts for the original picks that we had, <laughs> or you know probably would have thought, oh yeah, okay, you've used pick thirty five, pick thirty one, and pick. Uh, it's it just so happens that pick fifty four Roberts was probably, I don't know. It would seem like you can tell me, but we'll go to Roberts when I go to the other end. Was that a surprise to you him getting to fifty four, uh, or or do you think clubs had some intel on him about his deficiencies? Yes and no. Uh, it wasn't a, a shock to me. He was probably the one. So I, I had him ranked in the sort of mid twenties for my own personal rankings. But he was probably the one that I thought, yeah, I could see. I could see clubs being split on him a little bit. And when you when you have clubs that are split on you, then you you kind of have a few that aren't going to go there where where their picks are. And then you all of a sudden can you know you don't just drop one or two spots. You drop about eight. You, you drop in yeah. goes. Dropping blocks, so yeah, there was a few looking at him like Geelong and West Coast and St Kilda, 
had a little bit of interest in the lead up and and sort of around their selections, but then they have other players ahead of them and sort of it gets to the point where after pick 30, 35, a lot of the clubs tend to get their guys that they want um, because they were kind of looking at it a little bit differently. Um, So, yeah, look, I I thought he'd go a little bit earlier than that, yeah, but also it didn't didn't shock me that he was a little bit further back. He had a really good season. Like he – had some good form for Vic Metro, won the best and fairest at school level, would hail it around to Lloydy um, in a premiership year and back-to-back all Australia, uh, back-to-back premiership play with Sandringham. So, yeah, I, I don't think we'll see a bit of him. I think he'll be sort of made to build up his body and, yeah. and play some NFL, VFL footy. I'm not sure if you've been down to training yet, Scott. Um, and, two times, yeah. And seeing him, he's, he's not a big guy yet. But, nah. but he, I do like he, – he likes the ball in his hands and that sounds – People always sort of go, oh, yeah, of course he does, but he's a footballer. But some of them do and some of them don't. He he likes to have it and he's pretty confident. Um, he's a nice kick. So he's going to give himself a chance for sure. And one, just one quick question on, on him. Is he is he kind of out of the back line? Is he going to be the not super sprinting run, but is he going to be a run out of the halfback guy or is he going to use that really good boot to to gain the meterages, meterages by foot? Yeah. Uh, He's not. He's not overly. He's not, as you say. He's not, you know, pure speed out of the back half. But he's smart with the footy. He's yeah. He's a smart player. He's, I'm not saying he's Basha Huli. He's kind of that type of, you know, if you think of the left footer, that that type yeah. of smart yeah, might okay. be a kick out guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was funny enough. Just uh, one of the guys you know, Cal, that we know, uh, Bruce, who, who, who at training today was watching him, and he's actually telling me on the phone. He's like, oh. Gee, Roberts, uh, when they're doing drills, he always seems to find the ball all the time. Like he's um, loud, he's loud, Archie. He's um, he's loud. He's confident. Um, he's not afraid of talking to people. He's he's quite likable. So yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does play a couple of games next year. But I think he'll he won't be one that we think oh, he's going to slot straight in. Yeah. I, just before obviously uh, uh, Roberts got picked up, Lamont Noel. You know, there was, uh, there was obviously the whole Bulldogs <laughs> Academy and we had pick 39 and we know the situation when it comes to pick 40. What did you think of that selection? Um, look, I've, I've gone to training twice uh, for my eyes. I'm like, gee, this kid looks really good. <laughs> um, uh, m- m- more physical than I thought he would be. Uh, but he's also got a kicking technique that, you know, I go, okay, it's definitely something to work on that's not as bad as maybe what has been broadcasted around. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's a different halfback or small back to Roberts in that he's a, he can be a stopper. Um, he can probably shut down a little bit more some of the small types, forward line players. So, um, yeah, the move to grab him inside the 40 – it's funny, like I'm, I'm not a hundred percent certain that if a bid had come past forty, the dogs would have definitely matched it. Mm-hmm. But again, if if you want the player, then you know, go for your life to grab him. Um, Character-wise, he's a star. I'm not sure. If you, I had a chat with him in the lead up to the draft about his family, and and he spoke so well about all of that, and and his mum, and the loss that his family's had. Yeah, he's he's a he's a very um, likable, very very likable, and. Um, understated type of personality as well. So I think you'd be a fan favourite if, if he can get his um, career off the ground for sure. I don't think he'll be one that we say heaps off next year. He's 
he's got a little bit of a body to him, but like he's still got a bit of way to go on that front as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the Bombers were looking at different halfbacks. There was cl- clearly a point where they've thought we need to do something around, you know, what our halfback line looks mm-hmm. like, and and they had some interest in Hardeman. Had they shifted back from their first round pick, he was never getting to their second round pick unless they unless they moved. Um, and he ended up at North with one of those first-round selections. They had a look at that Bodie Ryan who went to Hawthorne. He wasn't too far away from their selection as well. So he, they obviously picked Luol ahead of um, Ryan, but he wasn't too far away from there either. Tau, Tau Giath was around there too. So, look, that was – yeah, they, they clearly had identified that as a bit of an area to add some depth to and some some younger faces to. Just uh, before we go into the, the rookie draft, Side note, the last two training sessions, uh, Alan Davies has been playing off half back. From what you know of him, what do you think of that move of him looking up the ground uh, and using his pace? Because Scott kind of teased it at the at the members' day that the, there will be a, a bit of a switch at, at half back and they're thinking of new ideas. That, Judging by the last two training sessions, that seems to be one of the key moves that they're trying to get Alan into the game from half back. I don't mind it. I don't mind it because I, it's funny. I, I don't see Owen as a yeah. We've spoken about this before. I, I see him more as a he's better footy as a junior was as a mid compared yeah. to it being small forward. He's not going to be playing midfield for Essendon, is he? I mean, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought so for no. a fair while. So how do you use some of those those traits where you're zigging and zagging rather than crumbing? Mm-hmm. Um, we might see more of the crumbing from his brother, and that's yeah. traditionally been his. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've never seen Jaden play. A lot of people haven't seen Jaden play. Um, but that's that's what the people who have seen him play um, talk about. Obviously, a, a very few interrupted seasons with COVID and knee injuries and the rest. But um, yeah, I, I, I like the idea. So clearly, something has to change with the defensive group. Um, mm. the, the the mix wasn't quite right last year, was it? No, <laughs> no. Wasn't. Well, I, yeah, I'm not going to name names, but. The the coming out of defence, it was very safe. It was it was very for me quite slow. Where I thought opposition defences were setting up pretty easy against us, uh, and and we had to had, we had to create. You know, post Sard McKenna, I think we've really struggled in that area because they were really really good players, uh, and it was a shame to lose them. But um, look, they had some. Everyone has their weaknesses, but they drew, created a lot of drive, and we just never really replicated it back again. Yeah, yeah, they've been yeah, they're quality players for sure. Rookie draft. Uh, this one came out of the blue, so I know I you know I love the name, but I know nothing of Vigo uh, Vigo Vicentini. Uh, tell us what you know of him. Um, I don't want to even mention highlights because it's I can only see sixty seconds of him, and that doesn't picture up. But small little things, I go okay. Well, he looks like he's a solid kick at least and a mark. Yeah, I've, I've watched a fair bit of him this year, school footy and also for Sandringham. Um, he was part of a ruck group. He could have easily been national drafted. He was, he's just probably, unfortunately for his national draft stocks, it was a, a really strong year for rucks. You know, there was three picked inside the first 30-odd picks, and that's how rare is that. So mm. um, he probably would have got taken, I reckon, by one of those clubs later in the national draft had they not been the explosion at the top end. So a little bit different on that front. Yeah, he's competitive. Um, I saw him play some really good games, saw him play some quieter ones as well, but he's competitive. He can get around the ground. He's a pretty smart player. I, I don't mind it. I, I was 
I was happy he got a chance because I thought he was deserving of a chance somewhere. And I also think, you know, there's still there's still room to add another, a fourth ruckman to the list. Traditionally, Essendon's probably preferred to have four on the list at different stages as well, haven't they? Do you know much about his AFL background? Because I keep hearing kind of like project, I think he had like a volleyball background or something like that. Is It, it felt like the narrative I keep getting told is that He's young to footy in some ways, but as the year went on this year, he started to grow. Is that is that kind of fair statement? Um, I don't think so. Like, I, well, I'm not saying his statement's not fair. <laughs> but, uh, oh, it's, it's relayed information, so. Uh, yeah, I think he's. I don't know about the volleyball stuff as much, but like his brothers, obviously Dante at Port, who they've got really high hopes for as well. Yeah, um, and done some really good things. There's also. Um, some some further bloodlines. So their grandfather is Ian Hayden, who's a former Tiger, and I think a Michael Roach medalist. So there's 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 also different sort of bloodlines there. So I, look, I don't think he's as much um, new to the game, but no, he's he's got some. He's I guess the, putting that all what you said into one word. He's still raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that happens too with the rucks. But he's not afraid of the contest, and and he's a bit of a bigger body. So is it is it he, I don't think well, – who? which type of ruck out of the three are on the list is he like? He's not like Brian. Um, he's not like – he's a bit different to Draper, obviously. Draper's yeah. a one out in the way he goes. He's not he's, – he's a bit different to Goldstein too. So, um, yeah, I think there's something a bit different about him, but he'll be given time. Well, he's probably uh, – I mean, perfect timing for him. To, the fact that we got Goldstein, I mean, what a mentor – to yeah. have a 35-year-old, you know, previous pretty much a, a gun ruckman being able to be at the ground and, and just on the hangar and just teach you. So so I guess you're, you're – did you find, did you think we went a little bit different? Normally we just pick best player. Did you find this year that it was a little bit more strategic in, in the way uh, we're just trying to fill in some holes? It's, it's a fair question because, yeah, I think – I mean, draft orders are always shaped by list needs more than recruiters and list managers probably say. They always say, "Oh, you know, it's you know best available, best available." But consciously, subconsciously, you know, the group always looks at and and groupings of, of players looks a little bit different based on what you actually need and require on your list. Uh yes and no. Would you have gone into the draft thinking Essendon's in desperate need of halfbacks? I think you'd, you'd uh... say. I thought I mean, Heidi twenty nine, Hebs old, and Massimo yeah. gone. I thought, I thought we were lacking in in depth in that area, or anyway, or drive from that area. But that was. Yeah. I still think there's still heaps of spots they're lacking in personally, like, and and they probably, and that's why Key Ford and Caddy was one of them. Um, big body midfielders still, you know, they've added some height to that area of the ground, but they're still still not the the. The absolute beast, if you can, but they're hard to find as well. So you got to just pick and choose what you are, what you can get based on where your picks are. But um, a sm- you know, the goal kicking small forward probably came through in Gresham to a degree. But yeah, oh, I understand the question, but I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's my previous years or not. Here's, we're just going to ask some footy questions for you about Essen next year. So we had an interesting one. So we, um, uh, uh, I guess a group of fans on, a, on our Discord channel where we got together for lunch, we talked, and we did like this democratic best 22 <laughs> as a fun thing, you know. Now, you're going to flip your lid here, but uh, so we said who round one, 2023, 
Let's 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 say what you you didn't have Archie in there. No, no. Oh God, Oof. yes, we yes, did. Yes, he did. No, we none of us could fit in because Sardis. Uh, straight away, we all, so we all had Sardis in this. From we did a, a, a team from round twelve onwards, kind of thing, or you know, second half of the year, and we had him in. What, as far as like, because of the Hobbs Perkins bringing in Dersma, Martin, Merritt, Parish, it's not. It wasn't as easy as I Setterfield. thought it would be. I'm going, and mm. Setterfield is a tricky one because he is such a difference in shape that we don't have. So. Mm. It was very tricky. We actually ended up going set a field just for balance. Um, what are your thoughts around that and where Sardis could be next year? Yeah, it's this, it's this ultimate fairy tale of Essendon having a full list to choose from, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, is. It's, it really is. We're going to have two or three injuries by round one, so we all know that. But no, no, I get it. Um, look, I'm a, a Sardis fan, and I think he's going to be pretty, pretty close to being in there, judging by yeah, fitness, form, you know, on the track, intent, work ethic, all that. But he's still his only second year. His first full, full preseason, like Durham, I don't know if you mentioned him then, but there's another one that you're competing for. I, yeah. it, it, it is interesting, though, full full group. Like, does one of Hobbs, Hobbs uh, Caldwell and Sardis not make it, not make it into the group for, for round one? And, yeah. and if it, and who it is, who that is, you know, that can be, you know, just be week to week a little bit potentially. It's going to be tight if, if everyone's available. I, I get that. Um, but, you know, Elijah will be able to play on the wing as well. Um, he can play as a, a few different types of midfielders. You know, you can play a bit more inside, you play a bit more outside. Yeah, I've got no qualms about Elijah. It's just, but, I, yeah, it, it, it's going to be tight. Yeah, absolutely. Be- now, um one of the other players that, honestly, I, I don't know that much about. I know he started off his career well. He's had some injuries and he's potentially, for the want of a better term, sort of fallen out of favour at port. Um, and that's Xavier Dersma. Can, more for my sort of benefit too, can you tell us what we're going to get with Xavier Dersma and if, if you think he's going to play round one? I think he'll be playing round one. Yeah, I'd be okay. surprised if he's if he's fit. Like, you know, he's, he's managing a bit of a hip thing at the moment. I think if he gets going fitness-wise, yeah, he'll be playing round one. And, again, versatility, uh, you, you bring in Sardis, Dersma, Martin and Durham over the last couple of years, all of a sudden there's a bit more height to the midfield group as well. Um, Xavier, as injury-wise, has probably been uh, struck uh, annoyingly for him over the last couple of years. Just hasn't been able to get going or continuity. You know, he crunched his shoulder at the start of last season, I think it was. Can't remember. Last season or the one before. Um, that that sort of bugged him for a while in the knee injury this year. So bits and pieces of yeah, just come and gone to make sure that since those first couple of years, he hasn't really been able to piece together a full season. Still young. He's really courageous in the air, brave in the air, tough in the air. And and when he's fit and up and going, I think he's running, you know, and I don't like using the term gut running, but the gut run that he has I think he's going to be important for Essendon. So the two-way running, all that, I think that's going to be good for him um, to sort of hold down a wing and do that. So, yeah, I think he's a good addition. I'm I'm a fan of Zavin. I think he'll be good for Essendon for sure. Is yeah. he is he worth any sort of is, is he worth a goal or something a game? Is he can he kick a goal as well? He can. That's we all know him for the the uh, the, the arrow. So that only comes out when he goals. But he kicked a few more in the first couple of years. He can do it. Yeah, he can do it. And as I say, he can put himself in spots where he, 
he goes for his grabs. Um, okay. So, yeah, you, you can't question that part of it. And confidence-wise, I think just over the last couple of years hasn't probably been at his highest in terms of his game and, and where he's sort of fitted in. But, yeah, he, he's looking for that new opportunity and I think it was a, a pretty fair trade in the end. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, there's two players that are kind of – I won't say they're forgotten players because a lot of Essendon fans still wonder where they're at, but they're they're healthy, they're fit, they've trained most of the preseason. That's Jones and Reed. Just haven't been big factors due to obvious reasons. Um I've noticed a lot of people have caddy in their side and that sort of thing. But Jones, obviously, you can tell with his shoulders, he's definitely built himself up. He's uh, He's got a one-year contract, so he's got no choice to to get the whips cracking, basically. Him and Reed, um, you sense just if we could just get maximum out of those guys and their body being settled, it does change quite a bit for me. A Reed next to Mackay, for instance, would be a pretty dynamic duo. Yeah, and I mean that's why, and we're also looking at sort of draft time, and that's probably why Caddy was a, I think, a fair bit ahead of O'Sullivan. Like Reed is still a what if, but if if Reed comes off, there was no need to even go for O'Sullivan really from mm-hmm. a key back point of view. No, the, but both of those players are still, yeah, they're they're hard to sort of pin down in terms of what they could be, aren't they? Like mm. we're all we've all seen enough in Harry to think that there's some real smarts there, some real goal kicking ability. Um, that he can do it. It's just a matter of fitness. And then Reed, well, we haven't seen enough off. We don't actually know. Yeah. We, we know that he's 205 centimetres now, which is absurd. Um, <laughs> and when he's a really great kick of the footy on both feet. He can mark. He could probably play at both ends. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of where the group's at will come down to Reed, Cox, um, Jones, won't it? And and, mm. and now Caddy as well. These these tools that you know have been there different times, but I've all had different journeys so far. It's going to be um, a, a fascinating sort of factor in the success over the next couple of years or not. Um, but I, I kind of can't. I don't. I don't count Perkins in that either because I feel like I mean we know he's played, he's played 60, seventy games now. So yeah, I've seventy games and and he's established enough to say yeah. You know, he's going to be a good player and already is a good player and, and will keep rising. But, um, yeah, the, the tools are the, the what-ifs. And I I, don't, I can't answer it. I don't think anyone can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had Brad Scott on our show on the countdown, gettable countdown show and lead up to the draft, and he said, oh, well, you know, they we're excited this time last year. Hopefully they get through the preseason and then we can get really excited. But um, clearly they're, they're very both, both very talented. And then, the, then Cox, I mean, um, I'd love to see Cox as as the halfback. You know, you talk about moving around the halfback line. I'd love to see him play a fair bit there and, and be a bit of a runner and deliverer too. Yep. Yep. Uh, just before you go, uh, is there, there was always talk that the the AFL were discussing a, a four five man kind of bench. Is that is that still ongoing? That kind of talks. Do you know? Oh, I'm probably due to follow that up. Um, look, us. I think the view now is that it's probably more likely to stay as was in 23 as opposed to any change, but, you know, things happen yep. um, close to. We know the, the, the sub came in only a couple of weeks before, didn't it, um, a couple yes, of years ago yep. before it started. So I, I think the clubs expect that to be going that way to probably maintain, you know, uh, status quo. But, 
anything's possible. I don't know. Uh, what's your take? What's what's the best? What's the best use? I mean, it? I can't I, I can't stand the sub. Neither so I'd I rather just a five man bench, to be honest. And yeah. just and um, I think it's more professional game, and it's so taxing that I think I'd rather have five fit players that could come on and off. Um, yep. Even even for a club like us, who's still even with the off season, still probably not massive depth levels if we have six or eight injuries. But I'd still rather that just for for just for guys to maybe run four or five minutes less a game, just so yeah, just so I, I think it helps in the back end of the season maybe, and if you if. if if we're not taxing these guys as much, but then again, um, who am I kidding? The stars are the stars. They're going to be out there <laughs> all, as much also, as the coach wants them to. But I, I feel like it's it's more beneficial for the game to have five and not a sub, and for the players as well. I am fascinated to see the sort of fitness levels and you know the impact of the Arizona trip. I haven't been down to training um, yet over the last couple of weeks, but that'll be interesting. We've all seen the pics of some of the boys come back, and Sam Durham looks like it. He's Wayne Carey, um, <laughs> body shape. I mean, he's one. Uh, and, you know, Zach Merritt as skipper, I, I thought he did a really good press conference a couple of days ago, mm. you know, um, and talking about some of the guys that he he's hoping can step up to and what that looks different for him and what that means different for him. There's a reality that he can't, you know, him him winning eight best and fairest is probably not going to be the best thing for Essendon, is it? Because yep. and Yeah. And he might well get there anyway, but um, you know, if, if there's going to be continued growth and all this, then, then maybe could he play some half back time? I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm still. I'd be okay right with that. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's interesting because even just watching uh, that two comp time trial, I mean, there's little stories within the story, right? You see Archie coming third, right? You go, well, he went to Arizona. He's clearly really fit. Uh, but even a Joe Menzi fifth, you know, just to, just to see different things. And and I mentioned on the last show, like, Sardis this time last year, I saw him do a 2K time show. And this was, I post a lot of injuries. And I, I I said, just not to shame him because of where he was at, but he was three quarters of an oval behind most of the group. And so to see him just a completely different level of fitness this year, we it's almost like a... I don't want to say new recruit, but we're just going to finally see what this guy is like with a, with an yeah, AFL body. Last year was it was yeah haphazard for him really, wasn't yeah. it? Like um, he missed a lot more footy than he would have hoped. He was you know rushed in a rush to get back because he he wants to be good as soon as he can be good. And no, actually he wants to be great as soon as he can be great, Elijah. And he'll do everything to get there. And I think he got back on I think it was the Friday they all got back with Thursday or Friday, and then I saw him doing laps by himself at, um, at Gosh's Paddock on the Saturday morning um, a day or two later, just fresh off the plane almost. So, yeah, he, he he's going to be trying to get in there He wants to play catch-up fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. And, look, he's he's competitive. He, he'll see his other mates in his draft year, you know, who didn't have the injury start, starts here their careers and they got going. He'll be hoping that that's him this year. Now, I've, I've look, I've seen some VFL games where he's clearly didn't want to be – to take him to the bench and some people could go, Oh, that's disrespectful. <laughs> but he's, you could see the fire in him. Like he wanted to play and, and he didn't want to get, come off the ground. <laughs> but that, yeah. it's like, it tells you, go, well, at least I've got a, a competitor in, in this no, team. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in, uh, in Elijah. And yeah, I mean, as you say, it's kind of a fun exercise to put together the, the, the 22 or 23 at the moment. And yeah, I'm interested to see what the plans are as well. I mean, the, the, it's kind of, I think, on the whole, we're seeing probably a club that's more settled, 
We've seen plenty of change over uh, not just the last 18 months, but the last sort of three or four months as well with different people leaving the club and going in and going out and roles changing, but probably not to the same level of, um, you know, dramatic effect of, of previous years as well. So it's just sort of happened and been pretty well managed throughout. So I think, yeah, we've, and, and also Scott's had his first year in charge of the mm. list and the coaching group and the people around him. It's like, you know, he, he didn't come in all guns blazing, just sort of took a moment to take stock and say, oh, this is what we've got. This is what we need. This is what we don't have. Let's go and find yeah. it. Yeah, and David Rath may be a really important uh, uh, signing because just some feedback we've we've had that he, you know, just working. Funny, we're going to mention him again, Elijah. Uh, but working with Parish and working with a few other guys just on kicking techniques, just getting a little bit better uh, in some of their craft. Uh, apparently, the yeah, he, he's getting a lot of praise. So and how he's conducting, constructing all the um, strategy around how they do training and everything, what they want to build. So. I've heard nothing but good things, so that's always good to hear. Well, mate, you've you've been a legend to us all year, and uh, uh, sincere thanks for your support for the Absolutely. show. Um, look, just from Grant and myself, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very worthwhile break. Uh, not sure if, the, uh, if there's any concerts you're going to or is there anything, uh, anything planned or just sitting down watching Netflix? I've, I've maxed out on Robbie Williams for this year. <laughs> <laughs> not that there is a max, but... I, I, Robbie yeah. Williams max. He's left down, so that's, that's he sort of... In, he, he, he levelled that max on me, but uh, uh, we'll wait till next tour. We need, a, we need like a Strokes tour, an Oasis, yeah. Oasis reunion for you. <laughs> I don't know if those things are happening in the, in the short term. But, <laughs> nice. no, happy, to, happy to have a chat always and uh, look forward to chatting again in 24. Absolutely, mate. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. The, uh, the listeners love to, uh, when you uh, come on the show a lot. So um, thanks again, mate. We'll talk to you very soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, Cal. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. What was that, Scotty? I know that one. What is that? Regurgitator, mate. It's the Gurge, of course it is. Aussie pride. That's it. Um, Great chat with Cal. Um, he's just uh, he's brilliant every time he comes on the show um, some good insights there's a bloke that's been working real hard <laughs> over the last he works hard full stop but there's a guy that's been working real hard over the last few months so um, we are very thankful to have him on the show and uh, uh, we hope everybody enjoys it now Scotty um, to wrap up yeah sort of look this is probably our last at least public show for the yeah year. for a while uh, so look we just want to wish all our listeners um a very merry, a very merry Christmas and, yeah. a, and a wonderful break for uh, with their families or friends. And and look, we generally hope you have a healthy, safe New Year. And uh, absolutely. And and I think we all think we're all got into that fall into the trap again of bring on two thousand twenty four. And we've said it before, Sadie, and it's, especially when you talk to Cal and stuff. But you, I want to see Archie Roberts. Optimism play. kills us every it's year. It. Loal Lemon, uh, uh, what what's his name? Lemon Loal. Lemon Loal had that exactly around the other way. Um, He's my man. I want to see him um, perform. He's, your man. He's my man already. <laughs> you. Uh, I'm off. Uh, I'm off BZT. Um, we don't. We don't like him anymore. Um, he's my man. I reckon he's the Smokey of all Smokies. So I want to see him play. But yeah, you're right. We're we're well and truly sucked back into the Essendon Footy Club. 
um, in the nicest possible way. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be sort of watching the trainings and we'll be uh, giving you an update as soon as we've got something worth talking about. Yeah, look, uh, can't wait. I'm looking forward to going to a few training, although unfortunately we do have the guys do have like three weeks off, so uh, they. <laughs> Unfortunately, the boys have time off. They should perform for us every week. <laughs> How selfish of them! That's, that's right. No, I'm look and saying that though. They're always at the hangar, even on the, the three weeks yeah. off. So they obviously you got to. It's a critical time to actually remain fit uh, by the time you come back in mid Jan. So mm-hmm. look, thanks everyone uh, for supporting the show, and um, like we said, have a have a great Christmas, Happy New Year. It will be back in Jan. 2024. 2024, mate, for another season of footy. Um, As per normal, the Monday show for the public show. And then uh, we have our Patreon channel, um, patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up. It's five bucks a month. It is uh, two extra shows a week. There is a post game reaction show where we jump on the. uh, Jump on the pod straight after a game of footy and give us our give you our honest reactions, and then we generally get into the Thursday or Friday night team selection show, depending on when the uh, teams are uh, put out. Um, so we will give you our feedback on the team, who's in, who's out, and the like. So have a think about joining us on Patreon. But um, from the last time catch up podcast, have a really good uh, rest of the year, and we'll see you in twenty four. Go Bombers.